This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and a special guest. Without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Okay, welcome to episode 45 of the Behold podcast, everybody. Just really quick, I'd like to give a quick shout out to uh, Mr. Tony Santoro. Thank you for so kindly reminding us that last week, actually, number 44 is a very unlucky number. So not lucky, it's unlucky, but we're past it, episode 45. We made it through. We made it past the unluckiness. Glad to have you guys here. And you might have noticed in the intro, we didn't name drop, we didn't spoil the surprise. So Dan, tell us who we have today with us, because I think it's going to be a good one. Oh man, we are so blessed. In studio live, we have the one, the only... Randy White, one of our elders here Woo-hoo. at BBC. Shout out to Randy. What's up, buddy? How's it going? It's going good. Thank you, Dan. Oh, man, it's great to have you with us. You, you're looking fresh. Um, I, uh, you know, I know a lot of the people know who you are, but sometimes, you know, for our VBC elders, you know, there can be a little bit of a, a shroud of mystery, you know, you around you guys a little bit. Um, so tell tell the people what what's one fun fact about you that you think it would be interesting for them to know? Well, actually, this won't really be a mystery, so it's going to be a, <laughs> something that I think people probably know well, but just how much of a uh, weather nerd I am. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's come up in, in some of your messages that, yes. that you've, you've taught, and, and, and it does come up a lot of times, you know, when we're <laughs> when we're consulting, uh, you we're consulting you about weather for Sunday mornings. Is it going to be dry or not? So, but, but tell everyone how, how it's kind of a weird thing to be into. Like how, how did it come to be your like hobby or, or like little side passion? Like what's that story all about? You know, it all started probably when I was about 10 years old that I started watching uh, the weather on the news and uh, I loved rain. And so anytime that there'd be any mention or uh, discussion of rain in the forecast here in the California Bay area, I would just light up and I used to write Cindy uh, notes in high school sometimes where there was references to the weather in my notes that, by the way, she's kept all these years, uh, little love letters and things of that nature. And um, so it's just been something that's followed me. And then, matter of fact, just uh, about a week or so ago, we took a couple-day trip up to Truckee with the sole purpose of chasing a storm that was coming. So uh, the forecast was for a foot, and uh, we got about an inch. But oh, uh, man. <laughs> it still wow. was fun. That's awesome. Well, that, see, that might be another thing that people don't know is that um, you and Cindy, your wife, of how many years? It'll be 40 years on March 14th. Okay, wow, that's a big one. So you guys were high school sweethearts, basically, yeah? Is that's that- right. The only, uh, in our very unique situation and story, the only girl I've ever dated, and I was the only guy she ever dated. And um, so that's just kind of how it worked out for us. Met her when she was first nine years old and um, could remember her because she lived a block away from us from where I lived. And so the rest is history. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, another fun fact that people might not know, I would say out of all the elders, and not that it's a competition, but of all the elders, I think you are the elder that most uh, gets uh, the weird world that Sean and I live in of, of the worship leading, you know, in the modern w- kind of culture, like, cause I think you're, you know, you're always, you're always keeping up with like new, new songs and new artists and, 
And I think you are thinking a lot about, maybe you missed your calling as a worship leader, <laughs> you know, maybe that was what you were supposed to well, be. Well, your voice, his voice is just buttery. Saying. But well, it's, it's, I always appreciate your heart for worship, you know, through, you. through, through praise and through singing and, and just how much you think about it. And I always feel like we can have a great conversation about that. So maybe we'll have to have a special side podcast one time where we just, we talk worship shop because you're, you know, you're hanging out with the two worst, the weird worship leaders at VBC. Well, I appreciate that. And you guys do a good job. Thank God. And of course, living with uh, Cindy, who is on keyboards quite frequently, it uh, all kind of works out that way. So yeah, it is. It, uh, I love Christian worship music and uh, listen to it every day, to be perfectly honest. And sometimes I think Cindy would rather have some peace and quiet in the home, but I've got the music on. So oh, you, know. you crank it out, baby. I love it. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. You're in good company. Well, it's good to have you, Randy. All Thank right, you. Sean, let's get cracking. Yeah, we are glad to have you, Randy. And yeah, so we're jumping into our Sunday teaching series, which uh, I'll gentle correction, Gary called it the journey series. It's called the Who We Are series, but who's, that's nitpicking. <laughs> but anyways, we're in the Who We Are series. We're talking about as a church, and really this is what we think that all Christians should believe. But this is what we say, these are the must-haves for what Christianity is, for what it means to call yourself a follower of Jesus. So we've been going through what that means regarding God, regarding the Trinity, regarding the Bible, regarding Jesus and salvation, humanity and all those things. And we kind of circled back again and we're talking about the Bible and specifically what that means for our lives. You know, as we engage with the Bible, what should that look like for us? What should that do to us? And all those kinds of things. So let's just open it up, I guess. Um, when you guys were listening to Gary teach and, and there's that wonderful testimony from Brian, um, what kind of was the first thing that, that God pulled into your heart from maybe the whole outline or maybe just from that Second Peter 1 passage talking about Scripture? Yeah, I really uh, appreciated so much of what Gary shared, and he actually took down a couple of his quotes. But one was um, that we can change and live a godly life. Uh, mm. We don't have to buy into the view that uh, this very pessimistic view that he said destroys more believers maybe than anything else who believe that as Christians, they can never change, that that we're always going to be stuck um, struggling with the same sins over and over and over in our lives, and that this is just going to have to be something that we uh, endure and say, well, we won't change till we get to heaven. And, and I love the idea that he brought out from the Word of God that we can have this confidence that we can become godly men and women as we are uh, in the Word of God and studying wow. it. So yeah, that was really super encouraging. Yeah, it's a it's it's a hopeful message. Very. And and man, just you right off that bat, you start on that that Second Peter verse that he gave us, starting in verse three, that that God has has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness, and He is. Um, He's allow he's inviting us in verse four to to become partakers of his divine nature. That there is um we can grow in in godliness. And it, it's something that I think is um I don't know, yeah. Maybe that maybe that's something that in as humans we just kind of we tend to maybe settle in or or we rest on our laurels or or we, you know, we don't we don't have a growth oriented mindset, I think by nature sometimes. And so, man, just to, just to have that, 
that that promise there and 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 didn't didn't Gary talk about it like a confidence right that that as we um as we cling to his precious and very great promises we can we can experience more of his nature in our lives and man that's that's very hopeful go ahead Randy no I was just gonna say it's so hopeful because it it goes to show that we can we can change and that we can be more like Jesus Christ in the things uh, whether we're a believer a, a year or two or three or 40, uh, we all can continue to grow into the likeness of the Lord. And and that confidence isn't a self-confidence. It's not any kind of a trusting in ourselves, but it's a it's a trust in the Word of God and in the power of the Holy Spirit to, to uh, work on us from the inside out. And I'm so glad that the Lord doesn't just say, live a godly life, this is how I want you to live, but He actually gives us the provision. Yeah, that's cool. So he doesn't mm. just say, be this kind of person, and then not really show us clearly how. And uh, that was what was cool about Sunday. Yeah, uh, in a weird way, it's kind of like a, a bit of a counter to, I think, what a lot of culture says about the idea of change or needing change or faults in ourself. You know, I think to some people, they hear that message and they equate it to, oh, you're saying I'm not perfect and I don't like that, you know? And so it feels like kind of an oppressive thing or a, a, a judging kind of thing. But in reality, like you guys were saying, it's so freeing. It is so freeing. You know, we talk about our own growth through the word and our sanctification. We talk about like marriage relationship in that context. The idea that you're ever going to reach the end is actually pretty sad. You know, it's so much more exciting and fulfilling as a husband and soon a father to, to say, man, for the rest of my life on this earth, until I see Jesus again, I'm going to be con- constantly growing as a man, as a husband, as a father, all those things. And so, yeah, I just, I love the idea that in the Christian experience, that every single day, not only can we, but we should be growing. We should be getting sanctified as we engage with his word. And I love the idea that, yeah, there's always going to be growth to do. And, and for sure, like sometimes, you know, for example, marriage is a great one. If I believe that I'm going to get sanctified in my marriage with Patty, then I have to also accept and understand that part of that process is going to be Patty kindly, hopefully, revealing what my faults are and then me having to identify those and grow through those. And of course, that's a hard process sometimes. And so isn't it the same with our relationship with the Lord and our understanding of his word and all those things. But man, that's such a beautiful process too. It's not a bad one. It's a beautiful process of hard work and growth, right? Yeah. Well, and, and it's interesting that you said that too. It's like, I think... <clears throat> In culture, how you said like, oh, you know, don't don't try to change me or, or like I'm, I'm perfect how I am, like whatever, you know, I don't need to grow. I think that is prevalent. But also I think there there's a whole culture of like self-help too, right? Of just like pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you know, um, uh, work hard, strive to, to, to you know, take, take ground in your life and, and be better. And, and I mean, there's so many books out there. I mean, those are the best selling books in America. A lot of times are the, are the self-help books. And to your point, what you said, Randy before is like, that's not the way that's, that's not what God has provided for us. He hasn't left us as orphans alone. He's a father who's perfectly provided everything that we need for life and godliness. And so it's just a matter of taking hold of those things. And, um, and so maybe, I don't know, maybe we could spend some time talking about how, how, how do we do that in our own personal lives? Like Randy, I'd love to hear from you. Like what are, you know, in, in how, how many decades have you been, been following Jesus? Boy, I, I always, um, want to make it less, but I, then I'm reminded <laughs> it's longer. So that indicates how much older I'm getting, but it's about, uh, 40, 
three years now. That's that's amazing. Yeah. So yeah, forty four. So so in in that in that amount of time, I'm I'm sure you've you've learned a lot of practical ways to to take hold of of those those promises and to to put them to work in your life um, and to to grow in, in in godliness. So man, just why don't you just kind of share what are some things that practically you do um, to to engage with with the stuff we were talking about on Sunday. Well, I, I think the thing that um, has been impressed upon me from the earliest days of becoming a Christian and has actually been re-intensified in my own uh, life even in the last several months has been just pursuing God, um, wanting to seek His face and, and wanting to, for the glory of God, so that God gets glory from, from my life, um, I want to be an instrument that reflects Him to others. And so... Just also just wanting to know God for who He is, um, spending time with Him, uh, seeking His face and, and coming to Him with a desire to, to know Him better, to grow. And that's just going to happen as I um, make that effort to um, read His Word and, and really just come before Him and, and communicate to Him and talk to Him like as my Father and just be personal with Him and to be able to pour out my heart, all of the things that are on my my mind and um, but just to make an effort to be with the Lord. I often think of Jesus Christ, how as busy as he was in his ministry on earth, we see the examples of Scripture when he would depart to be with the Father and to have that time with him. And so that, that's been the model to me, uh, Jesus himself, Mark one thirty five, who would go do that. And um, and then just to, to take uh, absolute confidence and trust in the very things that we were hearing on Sunday, then the promises of God of what it says of how I can live this life as a follower of Jesus. So I would probably say it's there's no shortcut to intimacy with the Lord by the spending time with Him. Yeah, I, I think that might be just in the conversations I have with people that, and in my own experience, that might be the main reason why people struggle with engaging in the word, why they feel it's, it's lifeless or, uh, boring or just routine. They just kind of get into a rut. I think that you just hit on it is, is they're not viewing their time in the word as communion with God, Mm -hmm. as, as relationship with God, as, um, you know, like sitting down and just like feasting with God. Um, you know, I was, I was, um, I was talking with a buddy today who, um, is going in for a surgery later this week and just, you know, feeling, feeling stressed and, and they're just been feeling overwhelmed because there's been so many medical issues that this, that he's been walking through. And, um, I just feel like as I was praying with him and just talking with him, I feel like the Lord put, put Psalm 23 on my heart. Um, particularly that verse five, that, um, just this amazing idea of, uh, Jesus, you know, the good shepherd preparing a table in, in the, middle of, of, of a battlefield in the middle of, of enemies. Like, and you think about just the friendship that God wants to have with us, the communion that he wants to have for us. And, you know, in, in a lot of ways, the word of God is this, this banquet, this feast that he's prepared for us. And, and in the chaos of life, you know, in the, in the battlefield of life, you know, there's explosions and smoke and fire and dead bodies everywhere, you know, and, but, but then there's this feast, there's this banquet and it's peaceful and it's, and it's relational and it's close. And, and the father wants to have that connection with us. And, um, 
And when we go to the word and, and then we just, and, but we don't engage with him relationally, I think we miss, we miss out on so much. Mm. And, um, and I was thinking even Jesus's words in John 15, as, um, as he talked to his disciples, he says, in in verse 15, he says, no longer do I call you servants for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all that I have heard from my father. I have made known to you. And he goes on to talk about, um, man, if you abide in me and, 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 and my word and, and if, and, uh, if I abide in you and your word abides in me, you're going to bear fruit. You're going to have this, this quality of life that is, is bountiful. Um, and, and I just think, man, what if we thought about God's word more like that? Like he's, he's calling us friends. He's sharing his business with us. And all we have to do is, is read it, internalize it, and then put it into action. And, and we're, we, we're, we can have that unity with the father that Jesus has had with him. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, I don't know. Where does that hit you guys? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that the point of time and like making time is so huge. I mean, we've hit that a lot on this podcast already even, but man, that is like such a, I think, huge crisis for all of us existing as Christians in modern day Western culture, you know? Um, and I, I was thinking about what you said about Jesus making time, Randy, and just picturing that moment of like, because we all make this excuse all the time. I say this all the time. Oh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. So many things to do. And things that I consider to be important things to do, you know, that are even good things, things necessary for whatever. But then I think about Jesus and I just picture him being like, like me telling him that and like, oh, I'm just so busy. I have so much to do. And he's like, Sean, I got a world to save here right. and I'm making time to pray, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm about to be crucified tomorrow, but I'm still going to spend time right now praying to God. And it just makes me feel so silly, like clinging to those things I, I think to be important, you know, and same thing with Jesus making time to be with the disciples same thing. He's like, I have all of humanity to be saving right now. And yet I see this as an essential part of my life and my, my care. And I think that speaks to what you're saying, Dan, of it's, it's not just optional. It's not just nice. It is essential for us to consider ourselves for a friend of Jesus and a friend of God, and then do what you have to do as a friend. Like, I like what you said, Dan, about you, you read it, you internalize it and you put it into action. And I think that putting it into action thing cannot be understated. I think a lot of times we say, yeah, let's just read it and pray about it. And that's enough. And it's just not. And when we turn to that second Peter passage, it's clear that it's not just knowing the word, but that there's more to it that we have to do. And then God's going to use that for our, for our benefit and for his benefit. Well, yeah. And Gary talked about that too. uh, His second point, you know, he took us to James chapter one, which is such a great passage. And we've talked about it on this podcast um, in previous episodes, but just, being a doer of the word, you know, you wouldn't look at, you wouldn't wake up in the morning, look at your face in the mirror, you know, realize you're all jacked up. You know, you got a booger hanging out of your nose. You're, you know, you got crust in your eyes, whatever. And, and you're, you're just like, all right, well, I'm good. You know, you just walk away and you don't, you don't do anything about it. Um, that's foolish. And, and so, so I love, I love how Gary brought that too. Is like, we, yeah, we, we, we come to God's word and, and, and I, I love how what Brian was sharing too. And, and we talked about this in my connect group a little bit, but man, there's so many different ways to intake God's word. And if you think about all the different messaging of the world that we intake all throughout the day, you know, through our phones, through the shows we watch, through um, maybe we listen to the radio in the car and we, we've got commercials. I mean, we've got all the visual things that, that we see billboards and signs and 
Um, we have coworkers that, that are, that are constantly, I mean, I was just talking to someone, they're like, if I have to go through one more diversity training, you know, exercise in my work, I'm going to, I'm going to blow up, you know, but we're getting all this messaging from politics and media and our friends. And it's like, and then we, we got our 15 minute quiet time, you know, mm, <laughs> or yeah. it's like we, we read our one verse in the morning and then we're like, all right, well, I hope that gets it done. You know, we have to be taking in God's word all throughout the day, yes. you know? And so like one of the things that's really helped me is I, I, I love to like listen to podcasts on the go. Um, and, and what I've, you know, just while I'm doing, doing work, like, or driving here and there or whatever, little, little moments. Um, and so I, I'm, I've made a concerted effort. Um, and maybe the last like six months to just say, I'm going to, I'm going to swap that for either worship music or, or just having the Bible read to me. You know, we got this app now. And if you never, you know, the Bible app, it'll just read it to you. And sometimes there's music, you know, and you can find other different things too. And so just not only, you know, engaging with, with, with God, um, you know, an extended period of time, like you were talking about, Sean, making that a daily discipline, but then also just all throughout the day, getting all kinds of intake because we're doing stuff in the world all the time, right? We're doers of something, right? But, but the more that we look into that mirror and we see, you know, what is true and what is actually real. Um, and then we, then we go ahead and say, okay, well, I'm going to live different now. I'm going to, I'm going to take that, that feedback, that information, and I'm going to, I'm going to make a choice. Um, I think there's a direct correlation between that behavior and the amount of, of God's word that we are intaking. Do you know what I'm saying? Like we're more likely to be a doer of the word if we have more of his word coming in. Do you guys agree? Absolutely. Well, absolutely. And, it, and I think it's, 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 I mean, it's, it's a biblical command, you know, that's so counter to, again, going back to culture and society and all those things, but we're so like obsessed right now with trying to do more and more each day. You know, all these new apps are coming out, all these delivery services. We're able to Zoom and hop in a meeting in 30 seconds. You know, there's just so many things and we're becoming more and more obsessed with the idea that if I can be more efficient and pack more into my day that I can get more done, you know, all these things. But the Bible says over and over and over again, be still, be still and know that I am God. Now the Lord will fight for you. All you need to be is be still. And that's completely like foreign, I think, if we're super in that daily grind in our work lives or whatever is like the idea of doing nothing feels like a waste of time. Mm. You know, it feels like we're not using the day to the fullest or whatever you want to say. When in reality, A, it's not doing nothing, but B, we're told to do nothing in a way, to be still and even though we might feel like, oh, we're not being productive, we have to trust that God is using that time for so much more impact in your life than he could if you're trying to do X, Y, or Z, you know? Amen. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Well, you know, I think I think one of the things too, I don't know if you guys ever, I, I'm just thinking, you know, the, the people that are listening either on Sunday or now, like what are the, what are the potential barriers, you know, for, for people, um, you know, to engage with the word of God in, in a transformative way. Right. And I, and I was just thinking like, do, do you think maybe sometimes they don't know what promises to cling to, you know, they don't, they just maybe, I don't know, maybe they open up the Bible and start reading in Genesis one, or they start, you know, they just randomly go to, they don't really know the word to like, so they can't find the promises they need. Um, 
And I was thinking like, Randy, you, you know, you were saying you, you wrote down some promises as you were listening on Sunday. Um, and maybe it'd be cool to just share like, uh, some promises that, that are examples of what Gary was talking about, um, on Sunday. Yeah. And, you know, I read, um, somewhere and I don't know if this is uh, true, you, I would love us all to research this, but that there, there, someone has said there's at least 30,000 promises in the Bible. So if we were to be reading the word and saying, um, oh, there it is, there's another promise and underline it, I, I wonder if we'd reach that number of 30,000. But it's a lot, but it just goes on to show that uh, God is a, is a promise keeper. And that's, that's mm -hmm. the cool thing, 30,000 give or take promises in the word of God. And that's why I love how um, Peter brought this out, just reading again, verse three and four in the context, he said, his divine power has granted to us things, to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious. And these are indeed precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. And so just some of the some of um, the promises that we can find as believers that we can cling to and claim is that we have a promise that uh, freedom from sin's reign and control in our lives. This is what's brought out in Romans chapter 5, that we no longer have to um, be under sin's reign now because we are followers of Jesus and we have the power of the Holy Spirit in Christ His died for those very sins. So we not only have experienced the forgiveness for the penalty of sin in our lives, but also the power of sin no longer has to have the control that it once had in our lives. And that we have another Amen. promise that he talks about so much that the grace that he gives us uh, is sufficient Yeah, for all things, fresh grace. And I often just ask for that each day for fresh grace from, from the Lord. That's good. Um, power to obey his commands. We have the, again, as I've said, we have um, the Lord in our lives. We have the power of God to say yes to uh, obeying him and no to disobeying. And we have victory over Satan. And we also have the wonderful promise in 1 Corinthians 10, 13 of um, there's a, an escape when tempted. We don't have to give in. Um, we don't have to fall and, and follow through on something that the enemy wants us to do. And then we have the wonderful, wonderful promise that when we do fail, and we will, mm. for all kinds of reasons, there's forgiveness. Yeah. And so all of these precious promises just are such a tremendous um, motivation to keep going, um, to just thank, keep thanking God for his provision in every way and that he's given us himself and his word so that we can live in such a way that um, we're just so utterly preoccupied and occupied, if you like, with wanting to bring God glory by the weary uh, lives that we live. And that out of um, just love for him, uh, because we think of his love for us, that this is the motivation to why we want to be these kind of people. Um, and when that's the motivation, then we're, we're, we're going down the right track, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. And I just, as, as I was listening to you here, you know, as I was listening to you say those promises, it's so cool because they're, you know, how, how lifeless and I don't know, like, I think hard and, and, and dark maybe life would be if it was just about avoiding sin, 
right? If it was just about, hey, don't mess up, right? <laughs> right. Um, and 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 obviously that's a huge part of of following after a holy God is is being an imitator of Him and 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 growing in godliness, right? I mean that's a huge part, but but that's not where it ends, right? And that's not the whole picture. Is and it kind of again just going back to to John fifteen, like and and Gary talked about this on Sunday, just that um, there will be this um, this favor that we get, you know, from from God when we abide in Jesus that he says, you know, Gary was talking about there will be this, this ability, like we'll be enabled um, to, to, to experience change. And, and in John 15, it goes on to say like good fruit. I mean, who doesn't want their life to be like good fruit? You know, it's, it's, it's a product of growth. It's, it's satisfying. It's beautiful. It, you know, it's a sign of life. And, and I just, you know, I, I really, really love that, um, that idea. Absolutely. And man, I was just thinking about as you're talking about his promises, Randy, of just, I, I'm thinking about all the promises I've heard of and know of. I'm like, man, I feel like I know like at least, you know, 30, <laughs> got a lot to go here, you know, think of the list, but it reminded me of Isaiah and just obviously talking a lot about Jesus. And in Isaiah 32, we're talking about this king that will reign in righteousness, which we know to be Jesus, right? He says at one point that the effect of righteousness, the effect of us seeing Jesus as a friend and inviting him into our life, the effect of righteousness will be peace. And the result of righteousness, quietness and trust forever. And I just think about that. I'm like, man, trust forever. And I, I think that so many people listening maybe don't feel that or they struggle with that. You know, if you're in that boat that Dan was talking about of, you read the Bible and you don't know where to go and it doesn't do anything for you right now. And I can totally get why the idea of trust forever sounds crazy to you, but man, what a, just a, a promise that can inspire confidence to us that as we partner with Jesus in our lives and as we accept and get excited over this lifelong process of growth, that we're going to have trust forever every day on this earth and for all eternity with Jesus. Just whew, amen. Yeah, amen. That sounds good. Well, and you know what's so awesome about our God is that um, He never, ever lies. Um, he He's faithful uh, through and through, and everything He says, um, He has or will accomplish, and um, that's where we can trust in. There's no one like Him uh, that we can trust like that, and, and one who says He loves us improved it so uh, in giving us His Son to die for us and so that we could have a, uh, a relationship with him that's going to be for eternity. I mean, uh, it's like, why wouldn't we want to just uh, embrace this Lord Jesus, uh, our God um, here on earth and give him everything we have and, and just claim all of the wonderful things that he has done for us and is going to continue to do and just to, just to love him, um, just to love him. And it seems like, you know, when you're in the presence of somebody who loves you, and um, it's just, it's a wonderful experience to be with someone who just has that type of acceptance of you. And this is the acceptance our God has of us. Um, and so trust, that's the, the motivation. And that's why we want to read the word. That's why we want to, you know, pursue after God is because ultimately we just want to, we just want to express to him our love and our desire to, however we can and somehow be a reflection of him to others. And it's so cool that we can be partakers of the divine nature. I mean, 
there's something of Jesus Christ that can be seen as we're spending more and more time with him and in his word that others are going to see. And they're going to see less of Randy, less of Dan, less mm. of Sean, and they'll see something more of Jesus. And that that's exciting because he gets Oof. them the glory for why we are behaving uh, the way we are. And um, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I love what you just yeah. described there. It, it, it's and, and Sean, you said something along those lines too. It's like it's peaceful, mm. you know, the the life that God is calling us to, the 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 partaking of His divine nature He's calling us to. It it takes effort, you know. We have to be disciplined. We have to be wise. We have to be good stewards of our time and all that. But it's not a, a spinning of your wheels. It's not a bashing your head against the wall. It's not a it's not a striving kind of endeavor. Um, it's a very peaceful, like being and becoming, you know, endeavor. And you, again, you just go back to, um, I hope I'm not beating the dead horse, but, but John 15, like, you know, Jesus is talking about this abiding process of, of, of Jesus and his words making ho- their home in, in us. And he says, if you do that, you're going to bear much fruit. And if you think about a tree or a vine or, or any kind of thing that bears fruit, you know, it doesn't have to make itself grow fruit, you know, like, come on, come on, come on, you know, like make an apple, you know, or, or it it just, it's the natural process of being connected to a life source and, and healthy, you know, plants bear fruit. And, and so hopefully maybe that takes a little bit of the stress or the anxiety Mm -hmm. off of our plate. And it's just like, we don't have to make anything happen. We just have to be, and, 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 and we will become, you know, um, and, and I'm, you know, another thing I kind of wanted to kick around, I'm, I'm curious how that, what that looks like, you know, cause, cause Gary talked about, um, he brought up, uh, Hebrews chapter five and, it, and it's a little bit of a rebuke there, um, from the author of Hebrews, it, it, you know, he's saying, he's saying, I'm trying to explain these things to you, but you guys are dull. <laughs> you, you should be teachers, but, but now I'm having to explain these basic things to you. You should be having solid food, um, but but now really it's being clear to me that you need milk. And so he's talking about maturity. He's talking about a lack thereof, that these people that he's writing to are unskilled in the word of righteousness. And um, and then he says this this really interesting phrase in, in verse 14. It says, it says um, this idea of constant practice, that um, the mature those who are, who are, who are, um, you know, eating the solid food, uh, they have had their powers trained by constant practice. And I'm just curious, like, what what do you guys, what does that look like for us? Because we don't want to be a works-based striving, you know, Christian to-do list running around all crazy. Right. But, but there is some, there is an element of like discipline and constant practice, you know, that there's, there's a training that Gary was talking about. Um, you know, we need to develop our skills in God's word. So how, how do we do that in a way that doesn't become burdensome or, or life sucking, you know? Um, what do you guys think? Yeah, you know, kind of in line with this, I've, I've just been thinking this whole time about what about those people who it's not working? And <laughs> right. like what, that was one of Gary's points, like, what do we do if it's not working? And that's kind of how this got into the Hebrews thing. And it's it's hard. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to have an answer that just feels right to you who are struggling. You know, life is complex. 
And you are a complex human. God made us all in his own image, but we're all so unique. We all have such unique struggles that we have with our walk with Christ and really and how we're affected by Satan, right? And so if you're that person and um, you're kind of in this boat of struggling, I guess this isn't totally answer your question, Dan, but one thing I'd recommend is, you know, I think it's important. Maybe you can go back and listen to one or two episodes ago when we talked about how this is the reality for all of us. You know, this is the reality of life as God made it. It's not a not a, a tract, a Christian tract. You know, this is how all of us were designed to be. And so when we think about God's promises, they are universal. You know, when God promises something to his people that, hey, if you do this, then I will do this. That's not a promise just to healthy Christians. That's not a promise just to people who don't struggle with fear and anxiety or depression. That's a promise to everybody. And so you have to trust that, if I do this, this will happen. And then the question becomes, if I don't feel like this is happening, but I feel like I'm doing it, what's wrong here? Mm. You know, and I think a lot of the times when we're going at this alone and we just, we're going at a brute, brute force kind of method, you know, say you're someone's really struggling with depression and you're, I'm trying to read my Bible every day, but it's doing nothing for me. And I just feel sad and depressed still. Well, maybe it's a good indicator that uh, you should, A, just take a look at what that process is looking like, where your heart's at and all, the, all those things, but B, get help. You know, God did not intend for us to do life alone like this. And I think it's so important for if you're in that boat of you're having a hard time engaging with God's word, then man, don't do it alone. Do it with someone else. Because so frequently we get in this space where our our vision is blurred, you know, like like in Hebrews 5, we're, we're dull at the moment. And Satan maybe has skewed our perspectives a little bit. And it's just hard to, to recognize that when you're alone in that process. So I just want to encourage you, if you're listening, if that's you, um, and you feel like you've been trying these things and you haven't been able to really in- engage with God's word and and process it and have it affect your heart, man, if you're not in a life group, such a huge thing. Join a life group. If you are a man or a woman, connect with someone in the men's ministry, women's ministry, a mentor, whatever it is, because having someone to partner with you is, is A, so helpful and important, but B, it's how God designed us, right? Yeah. This whole together series, like he made us to do this stuff together. Yeah, I think that does answer the question. I, I think... The constant practice is is definitely not something we do, we just do solo. So I think that that is huge. And and just you know, off of what Sean said, and we say this a lot, and very few people take us up on this. But but if you if you want like someone to walk help you walk through this, and you don't, and you feel alone, reach out to us because we can connect you with somebody. There are so many people in our church that want to be a mentor. There are so many groups that are happening. Um, there's, there's couples that can mentor other couples. There's young adults that can mentor other young adults. I mean, it's, it's a whole deal. So we, 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 we can help you make those connections. So, um, yeah. What, what about you, Randy? What, what are, what does that, that idea of constant practice look like for you in a way that is not burdensome? Well, that's such a good question. And, um, because, you know, again, I think back over the 40 plus years of, of uh, being a follower of Christ, it is ultimately relationship. And um, when I think of just the relationships that matter in my life uh, today, you know, with Cindy and with our children and grandkids and and friends and um, all other folks that are kind of in my life in some way, shape or form, it's, it is ultimately all about relationships and, and in treasuring those folks it means I'm going to um, have a certain desire and determination, and if you like, and even discipline to make an effort to to be with them 
and um, either to just be a beneficiary of, of their life into mine or to be a benefit to them. And so because ultimately there's there's a degree of, of love um, for those folks, ultimately, obviously, family and close friends especially. And, and so with the Lord, ultimately, desire, determination, and discipline in my walk with Him is got to be, I think, first and foremost, like I've said too already, because we love Him, because He first loved us, and and also just because of who He is. He He deserves our worship. He deserves my worship, my my praise, my life. And so remembering who He is, um, is uh, and who I am is a motivation just to want to uh, grow. And I'll be honest, one of the things I've been thinking about over the last two or three months has been just this uh, theme of the, and actually this one word, return. And mm-hmm. um, it's it's such a wonderful word, actually, because it means to come back to a, a, a place where you once were. And and actually, there's so many times where scriptures where the Lord is inviting us to return. Matter of fact, I'm just reading through Malachi at the moment. And he said in Malachi 3, he said, return to me. And I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Uh, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you, as James says. And so yes. for, for those Love of that. us, and, and I've been there so many times in my in my walk with God over the years, when he seems distant and his word seems dry, and I am not pursuing him, and I am not spending time with him, and there's so many other things and other thoughts on my mind, that there's this wonderful invitation that if I kind of sense that things aren't right, that the relationship is super cold, like you could pour a bucket of ice on it, actually, Mm. um, that there's this opportunity to return, to come back, just like when Cindy and I have had a conflict, like we did um, actually just a couple of days ago. And um, yeah, it was a pretty uh, difficult drive uh, in silence for about an hour. And it, you know what I call that? I call that when we get in, when we get in a fight in the car. Yep. I feel, a lot of times what results in is uh, Emily's looking out the window at me. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Can you guys relate to that? Uh, Yeah. It's like that, that, that silence of like, okay, okay. I really stepped in it on this. Yes. And (laughs) and ultimately like we did, thankfully. um, And of course, you know, with the Lord, the same opportunity presents itself in this analogy is that there's that opportunity to return yeah, and to come back. And, and in, it's always going to be just in, in with God, it's going to never be his fault. It's never going to be anything he did. Right. But for me just to come to him in, in humility and honesty and say, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry for my stupidity on this one and for how I was thinking. And would you please help me to repent and turn away from these behaviors so that, like Acts talks about, that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord when there's repentance. And I think that's a word where we, we tend to avoid a little bit. That yeah. sometimes uh, when the Word of God, like you talked about earlier in James, when we're, look, it's, uh, we're looking intently at it, it's going to mean there may need to be some change right. uh, on my part, especially when I got my eyeglasses on that I'm wearing today. When I look in the mirror... That really reveals myself, and I'd rather sometimes shave without it on because it doesn't make me look as old and decrepit as I sometimes feel. <laughs> so in a sense of um, wanting to change, uh, again, not because that's going to earn me any brownie points in getting to heaven, but just because 
that is going to mean there's going to be a freedom and joy in my walk with God that I might be uh, might be denied. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought up repentance because, again, as 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 we're talking about these, some of us who might be feeling a barrier, you know, we might be like you said, Sean, doing these things, but it's not having the effect that we're talking about. Um, a lot of times it's because we're, we we're stuck in sin, right? Like if, if, if we're in some kind of habitual sin and we're, we're just kind of like rebelling and, and we're not, we're not getting help, you know, we're not, we're not laying it down. We're not claiming the promises that we don't have to be slaves to sin anymore, you know, but we're just kind of headlong, you know, in this role. Um, then when we come to the word, there's going to be a block, you know, there's going to be, um, a, a grieving in our spirit. Um, and, and that's totally going to detract from, 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 and distract, you know? Um, and I think another thing very similar to that is, um, if we have some kind of conflict or, or beef with, with someone in, in our family, you know, in, in the, in the church family or in, in our, in our family, in our home, if we're, if we're, if there's an unresolved conflict, I think that's another thing that is going to hamper um, this process that we're talking about. And so, so sometimes, man, we just need to stop and, and, and repent, you know, because we're just kind of, we're beating our head against the wall. Yeah. I think that's really huge, Dan. And I think a lot of us can be guilty of this, of, you know, we'll pour lots of energy into memorizing a scripture or studying the book of the Bible, whatever it is and not paying attention to how we're clinging to sin, you know? And I, I've talked to plenty of people in the last month. That's exactly their situation is they're explaining how they're struggling with depression, anxiety, and the word of God's not doing it for them, quote unquote. And <laughs> Which then you is ask such a them, weird well, sentence, their... by the way. The word I of know. God is not doing it for me. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> um, but then you ask like, well, why is that? And you dig deeper. It's, oh, I'm engaging with this sinful behavior or this thing. And even to the point where it's like, Someone might even say, this person did say to me, oh, well, I'm not ready to kick this thing yet. I, I want to be close to God. I want to work on this, but I'm not ready to give that thing up yet. And it's like, well, going back to the very beginning of this episode about being a friend of Jesus, you know, if you're someone's friend and you're asking for their help while you're spitting in their face, like that's not a usual thing to do. It's not a recipe you know? for success. That's right. <laughs> it's not, it's not. And, and, and of course, you know, God will, if you play, if you know Jesus and you love him as your savior, God's forgiveness and grace is there for us for all eternity. But that's not how he designed relationships to work. You know, right. There's a difference between forgiveness and fellowship, right? Exactly. And if we're, if we're claiming to be a friend of Jesus, we need to act like it. Mm. You know, I don't know why so many of us tend to separate our relationship with God as far as behavior as every other relationship, when in reality, that should be the perfect picture of friendship in our lives, the perfect picture of what that repentance and grace looks like of returning to one another on a continual basis. So yeah, absolutely. If you're in that boat and you're listening to this and you're like, well, I'm not an alcoholic, I'm not a drug addict, but maybe I'm looking at scandalous pictures on Instagram too often. You know, maybe I'm really clinging on to this bitterness or anger towards this person in my life. Maybe I'm struggling with envy or jealousy in a way that I shouldn't, whatever it is. Man, just do some evaluation and going back to the to the help thing. That's one of the reasons why meeting with somebody can be so important because a lot of times we don't even realize how we're clinging to some of these things, you know. And then someone else can so easily, when they're removed from the situation, help you understand. Oh yeah, I am really bitter towards this person, or I am clinging to this or this or this or, or whatever it is. So, yeah, good point, Dan. Hmm. Well, and then and that's where um, there's such freedom then 
there's such freedom in the relationship with the others will expand and, and flourish in friendships and in relationships with um, spouses or whomever, parents or, or close friends, when that sin has been removed. And it's the exact same, isn't it, with the Lord? It'll The relationship now with God can just be um, exploding into one where we're experiencing God in a fresh way each day. And, um, and then that just is going to be like how Moses, when he came off the mountain, you know, his mm. face was shining. Yeah. And uh, they they saw a difference in Moses as he was in the presence of God. And so I think that's what probably a, a lot of us want who are followers of Christ. I, I trust the majority, if not all, want to be shining him and reflecting him before others, like Matthew talks about, you know, letting our light shine in such a way that it glorifies God. Yeah. And uh, and that happens as we're just being honest and saying, you know, um, I want to forgive. I want to be uh, forgiven for this. I want to let go of this stuff that I've been holding on to, these different lusts that are brought out as well in, in Second Peter, and all of these different sinful desires that we are maybe giving into. I want to be free from it. Yeah. I just want to be free. Yeah. And then he'll give us that. And I think he honors the desires of our heart, doesn't he, in those ways? Yeah. Well, it's so, it's so I, I love that you brought up Moses and, and, uh, and we've talked about this before on the podcast. One of my favorite passages of scripture is Second Corinthians, like the end of chapter two, all the way to the end of chapter four. And and Paul talks about that very thing that that you know when Moses came down from the mountain, he he had this radiance, right? He was he because of being so near to the presence of God, he he reflected something physically that people could see, right? Um, and then. Paul, what's really cool in that section that I mentioned, he he contrasts that with the ministry of the Holy Spirit in 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 this new covenant life that we live uh, as Christians, you know, um, after the the death, burial, and resurrection and ascension of Jesus. So we're in a different kind of situation, and Paul says, as glorious as what happened with Moses was, what the glory that of God that we experience now through the indwelling of the Holy spirit is far more glorious. He says, it's so more, it's so, it's such a more glorious situation now that, uh, the other thing has, has no glory at all anymore. And, and he, and he does it, these really cool comparisons. He talks about how, you know, when Moses came down from the mountain, he, he handed down this, this law, which ultimately brought, you know, judgment and death. Right. And when Mo, in this new covenant life that we have with with the Holy Spirit through Christ, we we have freedom in life. Amen. <laughs> and then he says, "Okay, well, well, Moses was was shining radiantly in this physical way, but guess what? That was a diminishing thing, such that he actually sh- he shielded his face because he didn't want people to see the outcome of what was being brought to an end. Okay, well, the ministry that the Holy Spirit is doing in us is is." It lasts forever and it's ever increasing. Mm. It's from one degree of glory to the next. And right. and so I think it's easy for us to look back at, at someone like Moses and be like, wow, that must have been a cool experience, like being that close to God on the top of the mountain. Wow. Amazing. And it was. But the experience that we have in our daily lives <laughs> of the indwelling of the Spirit to illuminate these things that we're talking about, to illuminate the, the precious promises of God that work, that's a transformative work, and it is more glorious than anything we see in the Old Testament. 
That's so good. I think it's pretty amazing. It is, and it actually just ties in so well to how the rest of a couple of these verses and Peter continued on where uh, Peter said, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfaithful or unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's just going to be the benefit of being um, in the presence of God and as the Holy Spirit is in our lives, we're going to start reflecting and manifesting those very fruits in our relationships with others. Yeah, the arrow's pointed up. Yep, it's it's absolutely. an increasing... Increasing. Yeah, I love that. Amen, amen. Well, man, I'm so grateful for both of you and, and all of you listening. I think there's a lot for us to chew on this week. Um, so I'm just going to read an expert excerpt as we go out from Hebrews. I think it's really fitting and just ties into what we're talking about. So as you listen to this, man, just think about the heart that Jesus and God have towards us. This is from Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? Bible says, my son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be wary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son who he receives. And as you, as you listen to that, man, I hope that you're encouraged by this conversation that do not be wary when you're reproved by the Lord and you're sanctified and grown, because that means he loves you, that he has received you as his son or daughter. As you think about Jesus who set this race before us and led the example, you know, let me read that again from Hebrews 12 too, looking at Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. This is the joy that Jesus looked forward to when he went to the cross to die for us. Joy alongside you and me and Dan and Randy as his brothers and sisters, the joy of all eternity spent with him. Can I get a hallelujah amen for that? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So, man, I hope that you're encouraged and not discouraged by what we've talked about today. Just, again, we have access to trust forever. And, again, if you're that person who is struggling, please don't go at it alone. Like Dan said, reach out to us. We will, today, get you plugged in with somebody who will lovingly uh, just support you and, and help you do this process and help you be a friend to Jesus with your life and the way that you're living your life. Okay, Dan. Always a blast, my friend. Randy, we're so grateful for this, the, the tower of knowledge that you are, and I'm sure you'll be on here again real soon. And listener, thank you for taking, taking a time out of your busy day. We talked about time this episode. Your busy day to be with us and to let this be one of those ways that you are engaging with the Word of God. 
We love you all, and we will see you guys next week. Bye. All right. Take care. Bye. Love you guys. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.